Good morning, everybody. This is the Toilet Talk Podcast. I am your host, the Cigar Chingon. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We got a hell of an episode today. We're going to talk about the new mandates for number 46, football season, as well as the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am the Cigar Chingon, and this is the Toilet Talk Podcast. Got a special guest just stopped by the studio, Web Girl Kaz. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Thank you very much for uh, stopping by. It was a pleasant surprise. Absolutely. So today's podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about, of course, the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, as well as some of these new mandates uh, that uh, Biden put out. And also mm-hmm. a little bit about football and, and a couple other things. But 9-11 holds a special day for you. Is that correct? Yes, it sure does. That happens to be your birthday, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Conversation piece all the time. Wow. How did 9-11 affect that for you before we get more into it? Well, wow. Um I can't think of a worse day to have a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, every time someone asks my birthday, they just go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, well, what can I do? It's just the day I was born, you know. But um, really, it's hard to be super happy on that day. Even I mean, you, could, you celebrate your birthday, you know, but... As you're celebrating your birthday, you're looking at the TV and you're seeing all this tragic stuff going on. And, um, and that's every year, especially this year. This year has been Netflix, Hulu, documentary after documentary, 20 years. I mean, it's definitely all, all over the, all over the TV. So, um, yeah, it, what can you do? How was that day for you 20 years ago? Do you still remember? How that day went for you? Uh, I, I do, yes. Um, unfortunately, my cousin was on a business trip and she happened to be in New York near the Twin Towers when that happened. So our family was really, really terrified. She um, was in a hotel and they completely evacuated the hotel and they all had to go to the basement for like three or four days. And then she said when they came out, it was just nothing but ash. So we were really scared and, you know, just really happy that she was safe. Uh, yeah, I, I had seen one of those um, documentaries that they got out and just to see that ash come and it went from daylight to literally just mm-hmm. pitch black. I know. So that in itself had to be just, I, I, I couldn't imagine. I could not. 20 years ago. Yeah. And so much has happened in between that time and now. Uh, of course, we just got out of a 20 year war, pulled out of Afghanistan. Um, you know, watching that documentary, it brought up a lot of stuff that I had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And throughout, uh, throughout these two decades, I always say that September 12th is the day that America became American. And unfortunately, it took a disaster on that, uh, that magnitude to do that. But the day after there was no black and white, mm-hmm. there was no problems. There was flags everywhere. There was pride. Everybody was proud to be an American 
and everybody's focus was who did this and what are we going to do? And yeah, there was just a mass amount of American pride in that day. And the following weeks, we were solidified as Americans. Yes, I think because everybody shared the common fear of what's next. Are they done? Is there something else going to happen? You know, so all other divisions were out the window because everybody was sharing the same fear. Right, right. We kind of experienced that a little bit when COVID kicked off. I noticed that. Mm -hmm. Uh, All these little everyday problems, well, not little, but the everyday problems that we have, whether it be political or anything else, they just kind of dissolved away. Uh, When life got real, these little things just dissolve away. So I found that pretty interesting. Uh, We'll get more into that um, later on in the episode. But I wanted to talk about these new mandates from uh, number 46. I call them Mumbles 4-6, and that's just how I refer to them. And (laughs) to me, that's a little bit appropriate, you know. Oh, he has Um, many nicknames. (laughs) But uh, these new mandates that came out. So if you're a company and you have 100 plus workers, Mm -hmm. they need to be vaccinated or have weekly COVID testing. And I kind of, I'm not too uh, upset about that weekly testing if you're not vaccinated, because that in turn will help stop the spread. But at the same time, it's an honor system. And say you do pop hot and your work doesn't pay for time off. Are people, you know, how is that going to work? Is that going to be a double-edged sword or whatnot? That was my first thought when I heard that. Um, then you have Medicare and Medicaid. Anybody involved with uh, working with those patients have to be fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and employees of the executive branch, as well as the contractors associated, need to be fully vaccinated. Now, my question is fully vaccinated. What does that mean going into the future? Uh, does that mean that you have to have every booster, every new shot? For life? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So as it stands right now, you're fully vaccinated if you have one or the two shots um, and then following two weeks later. So um, you get shot one, you wait the allotted time for the next shot, and then after the two full weeks, then you're considered fully vaccinated. So like if you walk out of Sam's Club with your second shot, you're not fully vaccinated for two more weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So in regards to the future and these boosters and these possible yearly shots, um, they haven't really confirmed that if, you know, for you to be fully vaccinated, you have to continue to get them. So I'm not sure about that. And folks, I just want to remind everybody out there, uh, Thank you again for listening, but we are not medical professionals, so do not get your advice uh, from this podcast as far as medicine. Consult yeah. your uh, primary physician and Absolutely. get, uh, you know, professional medical advice. Uh, that's another thing, too. Where do you get accurate advice from? Uh, last episode, we talked about TikTok being a, um, a reliable news source, and, you know, it... it uh, They do bring up, it's just a breeding ground for questions. They bring up a lot of topics and things like that. And they're a little bit cleaner. Uh, It's a cleaner conspiracy 
theory feel, uh, at least for me. But um, I'm always asking, where do I get solid medical advice for this COVID that's been going on almost two years now? So I did a lot of research. I did get both shots. I got the Moderna um, and I did a lot of research before I did because everybody has opinions and there's different rumors. So I went online and researched different medical websites like the Mayo Clinic and, you know, obviously the CDC and the FDA and, you know, can you trust them? I don't, I don't know, but everybody was pretty consistent. I just kind of took information from everybody and whatever kind of matched up, I just kind of took as a fact. Um, I don't watch TikTok too much. In fact, I've never seen the news on TikTok. So that I don't know. I see a lot of dancing and fun videos, but I've never seen the news on TikTok. I don't think I would get my medical advice or my actual news from TikTok. But um, if you just research and get bits and pieces from each one and then whatever matches seems to be, I guess, what I went with anyway. Yeah, I've been trying to look up stuff uh, as well. And I know Facebook is not the place for it as well as some of these other social media venues. Um, too many experts with too little knowledge. Yeah, uh, because of political opinion usually. Speaking of politics, there was one thing that uh, I found pretty interesting. I don't know if uh, you're up on this or not, but I read a book called Contemporary Issues Companion, and it talked about genocide. Mm. Now... In Afghanistan, I, I know everybody were jumping around a little bit, but there's a lot to go over. Um, in Afghanistan, I'm starting to hear the news say, mm -hmm. use the term civil war. I know. Yeah. And when I hear that, uh, I think of this book because it talks specifically about Rwanda. And this is a term that the UN had used and uses. Uh, and it's kind of a legal loophole so that countries don't have to get involved in another country's mess. Mm -hmm. In the case of Rwanda, there was a full-on genocide going on. People knew about it, and they called it a civil war, so that uh, countries weren't obliged to go in. I'm starting to hear this term with Afghanistan, yeah, and it's yeah. mixed with what could happen to the people that are there as well. So is this a possible genocide situation coming up? I don't know. I know during the time of Rwanda, the Clinton administration, they had specifically told their cabinet not to use that word genocide with the press, because if they did, then the American people would demand a reaction or action to that country. So mm -hmm. it kept us out, um, even though the world was watching at the time. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on in Afghanistan. Are, are you following that uh, whole situation? Oh, yeah, very closely. I really am. Um, I have heard, and I don't remember which general said it, but he said, are we supposed to get involved in someone else's civil war? Right, right. So, And, and it's very, uh, for me in particular, having read that book, and it was a study on uh, genocides, and it was very, very uh, intense and very informative. The verbal speech that I'm hearing from the news uh, is kind of leaning that way mm -hmm. just to keep us out of uh, out of that situation. Right. And with the 20th anniversary of 
we have these people uh, actually getting tried now after 20 yeah. years and the pretrial is going on now. Mm-hmm. So, and they want to get uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed yep. for masterminding the 9-11 attacks. Uh, Being charged with 3,000 plus murders. Yes. Uh, it, I believe the number is 2,977 total mm-hmm. killed uh, within that short time span. Do you think that, I know there's, uh, they've been stating New York Times and the Associated Press, uh, they were talking about, can we have a trial this late? And not only that, but some of the things that are going to be said in court are going to be classified. So how do you handle that information as well as the treatment of the people that in Guantanamo Bay? Mm, I know. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. I don't anticipate it being shown on a C-SPAN or anything like that, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Man. Uh, that, that'd be pretty interesting. I don't know. I've never really seen this situation. I was too young. I wasn't even born yet for the, uh, the court held for the Nazis for their war crimes. Right. Or anything of, uh, of that. So this is all new territory for me and, and watching this and to see where it goes. But, um, to me, it's a no brainer. You know, if, if they know this guy did it, uh, I know we're a, a land of laws and, and courts and, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But is that really the case here? I don't think so in this case. <laughs> so I was just looking up. Um, I watched a movie called Worth. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find um, what exactly the term is for it. But... What it is uh, about is for the victims of 9-11, there was some fair, I have to, I have to look it up to get the, the name, but what it is, is the airlines all got together after 9-11 and they pulled in some attorneys and they said, if we get sued by 3000 people, it is going to literally take down the economy. So he, I think Nicholas Cage was, or no, it wasn't Nicholas Cage. I need a little, uh, Michael Keaton. That's who it was. Michael Keaton was the main character. So they, he was the lawyer and they had to come up with a dollar amount that they were going to give each of the victims families who got killed or injured severely in nine 11. Mm-hmm. So the attorney's office, um, had to put a number on the janitor versus the CEOs. Oh, wow. And so you've got people that had janitor family members that died that were more than appreciative of the dollar amount. And then you had the corner office people who were freaking out saying, absolutely not. We're not going to, not going to agree to that. That wouldn't cover a year of of the salary. And so it was, how do they balance this out to make it so, they get their goal was 80% of the victims agreed not to sue. Really good movie. It's on Netflix called Worth. It's really good. Watched it yesterday. I'll have to uh, check that out. Um, there's a lot of moving parts here uh, that went on after 9 11. Uh, also, to the victims, 
I remember seeing, what was it? Um, I think Michael Moore did a documentary on 9-11 and they took some of the firefighters that couldn't get treated here in the States. They actually mm. took them to Cuba, according to the documentary, and got them medical treatment that they couldn't get here in the States. Well, isn't that ironic? Um, and I think, my God, that's unbelievable. Yeah. But at the same time, too, in my personal experience with family members, dealing with the VA is almost the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. got to just break down the door just to get any kind of service. And that in itself is a disservice to the citizens of the United States. Yeah. Uh, first responders, military, everybody. Uh, we need to take care of our own. Easy enough said for me, you know, I could sit back and say these things, but the people in charge, the people that put people directly in harm's way mm-hmm. need to take care of these people, not just use them as a tool to gain power or whatever their motive is. If there's a lesson learned, I think that's one of them, especially we need to take care of our own, no matter whether they're military first responders or even the janitor. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even matter. It's yeah. A lot of lessons to be learned. Uh, hopefully we, we do learn them and we don't ignore them, um, during these times. Yeah. You know, one thing too, that, uh, came up was all the conspiracy theories after 9-11 and they have been so ingrained in American society. It is, you can't mention 9-11 without the conspiracies. You know, I've often thought is conspiracy theories, a psychological uh, strategy to throw doubt, to cause even more separation because they're tasty morsels of information of like, what if, what if you don't know a hundred percent of what's going on. So here, I'm going to give you this little morsel and this is a possibility and I'm going to sell it to you or at least put a little grain of doubt in your mind to think about these things or are conspiracy theories truth that got leaked out. I know on Infowars, uh, those guys, I, you know, just sitting down talking to other people like Alex Jones, uh, things like that. I'm not talking to him, but you know, talking about him. Could he be a government operative in order to cause distrust and doubt? Yeah. To, uh, to the world. Crazy as that sounds. I mean, if you do follow them, uh, I listen to some things that they, they put out, but, um, you know, it's, it, if you want a conspiracy, there's a conspiracy for you. Hmm. But over the last two decades, there has been so much doubt, so much um, uncertainty. Oh, for sure. Uh, There's always a bigger picture. We'll never know the actual truth on it. No, I mean, we won't. There's there's things that definitely happen behind closed doors that are you just won't know. Right, right. And I highly doubt this court case is going to bring out anything like that. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that because there's a lot of stuff you just can't say out in public for various reasons. Pretty sure down the road, someone will write, write a book or there'll be a documentary like way down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Usually uh, after everybody's calmed down and yeah, moved on to something else. Right now I can't believe they're doing it right at the 20th anniversary. It's just, why did they pick now? You know? 
You know, I was thinking maybe Biden is um, pushing for re-election. You know, trying to get headlines right now. Uh, You know, he's the president that got us out of Afghanistan. He's the one that uh, conquered COVID. He's finally brought these people to justice and so forth and so forth. I I could see the media playing that um, in the future. Yeah. But uh, I, I predict... And you're hearing this first here on Toilet Talk podcast. Within the next uh, two years before election, Trump bashing will start. It'll be Mm. Trump's fault and so forth and so forth, just in case he runs. Uh, I think that campaign will start here pretty shortly. Trump will will run. Uh, I I believe so. I don't know how the media is going to cover that. I don't know. If they will give them a platform. And then, too, you got that whole show of the election. Again, you have half of the country saying, ah, he didn't get voted in. You got the other half saying, no, he got voted in legitimately. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's all that with the normal uh, racism, riots, everything uh all the R's, <laughs> you know. Well, you don't hear too much about that right now. No, you don't. No, you don't. All you're hearing is pretty much COVID and, of course, 9-11. 9/11. Pretty interesting times. Speaking of interesting times, I want to talk about a podcast that I know you listen to, too, mm-hmm. as well. It's called Man Talk Nothing Off Limits, and it's on every Tuesday night at 1930. That's 7.30 Central Time. You can catch them on Facebook, Man Talk Nothing Off Limits. It's a live broadcast and it's fully interactive. You can leave your comments and they respond to your comments in real time. Uh, they go over a multitude of mm-hmm. topics and it's uh, Gabe and Boogie. They sit down, they relax, they have a couple choice beverages <laughs> and they tackle some uh, some really, really challenging topics at times. That they do. So uh, I will leave that information in the description. But Man Talk, nothing off limits. You can catch them on Facebook Live Tuesday at uh, 730 Central Time. Or if you missed the episode, you can catch them on YouTube under the same name. Man Talk, nothing off limits. I love that show. I love it. It it is so refreshing. (laughs) And it's, it's nice to take an hour away from all the madness. And, uh, just to hear sometimes more madness, but, uh, often, <laughs> oftentimes more than not, it's just one hell of an interesting show. And those guys deliver every week, uh, just relentlessly. It is, it is awesome to watch. It's really fun to be able to comment while they're talking. You know, it is, it I is, like that. it's a, it's a live feed. So you're on there and then they acknowledge you. And they, like I said, they, they answer questions. You can give them a question and they answer it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it is absolutely amazing. So this next Tuesday at seven thirty central time, go check them out, go support them, go hit uh, like, subscribe, follow mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Uh, really, really good podcast. Not as good as the toilet talk podcast. I'm just <laughs> saying, <laughs> but well within the same league. But yes, man talk, nothing off limits. Uh, You guys keep up the good work. Um, Amazing times. 
Speaking of amazing times, it is football season and we had our first game. I am a Cowboys fan and not ashamed of that. Um, <laughs> football season is back, folks. Uh, a hell of a game yesterday against the Buccaneers. Uh, unfortunately, uh, suck up. You suck. Um, we didn't take it home. But I got to say, Dak Prescott got his new deal. And a lot of questions out there. Is he worth that much money? It was some ridiculous amount of money. It was the lotto to the average person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. But um, that game in particular was, I believe, trial by fire. Because he not only played any team, he played the GOAT, mm. Tom Brady. Yeah. And arguably, he's he is the GOAT of uh, football. They hung in there. I don't know if I think these sports players deserve this huge amount of money. I think they should take maybe half that still 20 million, you know, and then it makes it affordable for the average person to actually go to a game. I don't know. That's just how I feel. You know, I, I was discussing this while watching the game. What if, here we go. What if, what if Jerry Jones paid everybody a $3 million flat fee? Thank you for playing. And every game that they won, every player on that team got a five to $10 million bonus for every game. Yeah. Every player. I think that would change the face of American football. Well, this is to assuming they don't get a bonus for winning. True, true. But I don't, these monster payments. Yeah, it's insane. Um, you know, it was crazy. And I know during COVID, people were looking at that. Thinking, man, these football players, these basketball players, these baseball players are making millions mm -hmm. and people can't pay the rent and mm -hmm. they're complaining about it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're complaining about, well, I, I only got 25 million. I wanted 32. I wanted this. I wanted that. So that in itself, uh, ugh, I don't know. Mm. I think a flat fee and then would just a huge bonus every time you win. I think. That would change American football. What do you guys think? Cigar Chingon at gmail.com or come follow us on Facebook at Toilet Talk with Cigar Chingon. I'll leave this question on Facebook and you guys can answer it. Would that change the face of football? A flat fee with a massive bonus for every game won. They might try a little harder. <laughs> they might. And the games, yeah, yeah. Usually uh, with a big signing bonus or anything like that, Somebody ends up hurt early in the season. And, yeah. Uh, it just. Uh, yeah. So I have a question for you. Sure. How about paying these college players? Ooh, that is a really good question. You know what? College is college and it's education. Um, I don't. Once you go pro, then a salary, I could see. Uh, college, I think that would be. Too much, uh, too much room for anything, whether it be corruption, whether it be uh, corruption or corruption. You know, really, you think so? I, I would say once you start putting in money, and then all of a sudden uh, you throw in those dynamics. I mean, oh, that that's that's a rough question. It really is. Well, of course, they get scholarships. I mean, I, I, I could see scholarships. I'm talking cash money, yearly. 
No. no. You don't think so? Not at the college level. Hmm. Not, uh, no, no. Once you go pro, yes, but not at the college level. I think you disagree. I think they deserve something. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're still playing their butts off just like the pros are. They're racking in the ticket sales. Those people, you know, those stadiums are now packed again. Thank God. It's yes. so nice to see. But hashtag super spreader. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. You know but, what? If they're bringing in the money, why don't the colleges, you know, again, with the flat fees? Well, I mean, the something's better than nothing. Why don't they help out the average everyday student? Hey, you know what? We had a hell of a football season. We had a hell of a baseball season. All right, everybody, at least uh, a quarter of the college gets a scholarship. Here you go. And then the following year, you know. Well, if you think about it, they're going to school. They're playing football. When do they have time to work? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, as far as getting paid, I would I would say no. I think I see college, and this is just my opinion, this is their interview. This is their audition for the pros. So either you're going to make it or you're not. And either you're going to get picked up or you're not. Yeah, that's um, how it works. This is this is their, uh, what do you call it, uh, the, their internship. Mm-hmm. You know, play your heart out, get noticed, get signed, and uh, go from there. But I don't see... Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. What do you guys think? Cigar Chingona gmail.com. Should college football players be paid? Any athlete. Any college athlete mm-hmm. be paid? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why not? For every sport. Why just football? Hmm. That's a damn good question. They spend a lot of time practicing and traveling and practicing and traveling. When are they going to go? work at Taco Bell to pay their dorm bills or whatever, you know, they're <laughs> get any income. Tell us what you think. Cigar chingon at gmail.com. That's a hello question. I've, I've never really thought of it at that spin. I've heard it talked about. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. But I've never really, um, never really ventured down that road. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, I grew up with a major college football family. Right. And I traveled with Stanford and, oh, well, I had like four cousins playing college football at the same time. I missed a lot of school <laughs> to go watch football games all over the country. It was so much fun, you know, and I'm all for it. I think they should get paid. Not again, not just football, baseball, volleyball. I don't care, whatever. They should get something because they spend so much time practicing for their schools they really, I mean, where, where do they get their money from to live, you know? Right. So I don't know. And there's been a lot of talk. I've been kind of, I've been kind of following that little news piece too about starting to pay these, these athletes. And I totally think they should. Hmm. So this is my opinion. My two cents is free. Growing up around that atmosphere, how was that? Uh, getting to watch these players and the state. I've never been to a college game God. and I am ashamed to say that I have never been to a college game. I've been to a pro game, but never mm-hmm. a college game. And just watching them on TV and then watching everybody's reaction who has been, it's like a magical moment. It's like going to Disneyland, but better. 
So yeah, it was the funnest time ever. Well, not only were we going to the games, but like in, it was like in the eighties, nineties, I'm just going to tell how old I am, but, and you know, as a kid, right? so uh, not only was it us going to the games, but the first string players were like literally celebrities at that time. And so my cousins were all first string players. And so, oh my God, it was like, you know, getting backstage passes to your favorite concert, you know, cause we had 50 yard line, you know, season tickets. We had the back access to the tailgate parties. Like, I mean, it was like the funnest time ever. So it wasn't just like going to a game, like flying with them and staying in their hotels and everybody would ask for autographs. And so it was just a blast. It was so much fun. Wow. That had to be, it's, yeah. it sounds great. Especially as like a youngster, you know, cause everybody's like, Oh, you're with the football team. Oh, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> now did, uh, some of your family members evolved to the pro status. How did that work? No, unfortunately not. But we had, um, my cousin's best friend was drafted to the 49ers and he lived oh, wow. at our house while he went to football camp. So we got to go watch the 49er football camp and then we got to meet all the big players at the time. And that's when the Niners were like killing it. That's like when Montana, Joe Montana, Rice, Rice and, yes, yeah. Bubba Paris, all of them, we would hang out with them. Like it was like just such an exciting time. It you really know what? Was. Uh, I met Bubba Paris one time. He came into where I was working and I remember shaking that guy's hand and no kidding. And I've said this before. This is my Bubba Paris story. His middle finger damn near touched my elbow. <laughs> it was, his hands were like little Volkswagens. I swear. That is hilarious. This guy was like seven foot, just great wall of Bubba. He yeah. was just huge. I could not imagine someone that size running full speed at me. And then I oh got to stop him, you know? Yeah. During football camp, we were there. I think it might have been a preseason game. So they were playing some of the guys were at camp. But he was literally sitting right next to me, you know, and, and I was still young. I didn't know who he was, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad was like nudging me like, do you know that it's Papa Paris next to you? And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> how are you? You know, and I, I like to like, I tried to collect some autographs, you know, but my parents didn't want me doing that because we were like so intertwined. They didn't want, oh, can I have your autograph? You know, because. Right. It's like other people would come up and ask them, but I was like in there, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. So they didn't want me doing that. (laughs) In fact, I was so mad one time. My parents had dinner with Joe and Jenna from Montana and I was a major super fan of Joe Montana. Everybody was at that time. Oh my my God. God. Like I was such a fan and I remember they came home from dinner and I was like, where's my autograph? Did you get my autograph? Did you? They said, No, absolutely not. We're not, we're going to, we're not going to sit across from them at dinner and ask for an autograph. Do you know how many people came up to our table? And I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Still to this day, uh, they said, Kristen, it would have been completely inappropriate. You can't at the, at that setting. I was just like, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So those are my football stories. Yeah. I would have been pretty, (laughs) uh, oh man. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I would have been upset. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a hell of a time in football history. It was. I yes. know everybody growing up has their generation, their decades, things like that. But to be in the Bay Area at that time was magical. Yes. Uh, it, it truly was. Um, just yeah. great, great times. Speaking of great times, we're getting down to a couple paychecks away from Christmas. No. And don't (laughs) say that (laughs) before we get into this Christmas time and Father's Day for you cigar connoisseurs out there. That's when Arturo Fuente comes out with the number 77, that big shark. So remember that. Get your orders in early. If you can find it, choose as you will. But uh, caution, if you post on Facebook, I was able to get it at this shop. Don't be surprised when you go back. And it's sold out. So unless you're in Key West, Florida. Yes, yes. In Key West, oh man, they have it on the menu. Uh, yeah. Father's Day and Christmas, be on the lookout for releases and, uh, a couple paychecks left till Christmas. No. Yes, it's coming. I know. Usually every year after my birthday, I start to think about Christmas and I start to block off a closet or something. It's, it's, oh, for a guy, Christmas time, I know growing up, oh, my Christmas shopping was done about an hour before closing on Christmas Eve. We know, because you're a guy. It's okay. <laughs> I, was just, I was just running with my head cut off trying to get stuff and, uh, you know, nothing left and, and so forth. Only one year did I ever get all my Christmas shopping done before I think the end of uh, November and I was set Hmm. and that was such a relief. I don't know why I don't do it every year, but uh, I had actually done it one year and it was a couple years back. Uh, Just got it done. But that was some of the best planning that I ever did. (laughs) See, some things you have to wait until it gets a little closer because things are cheaper, you know? So if I went and shop now, Oh, I'm done with Christmas shopping, but I spent more money because I didn't wait for the deals. Ah, uh, okay. So okay. sometimes you got to, like, some things you know aren't going to go on sale, like whatever, I don't know, iPad or I mean, those things are always consistently the same price, but I don't know, clothes and, you know, other stuff, different things like that are always cheaper in in December. Speaking of deals, there's a, a lady that I follow, Save A Lot Mom. And she's oh, on yeah. Instagram and Facebook and mm-hmm. she does uh, coupons galore. Oh, she'll let you know. And she posts, uh, any kind of deals at any store, anything going on like that, especially around the holidays, uh, whether it be Thanksgiving and you need food, um, anything like that, Christmas, any kind of deals, mm-hmm. save a lot mom on Instagram and Facebook. Go there and, and you'll get information on, uh, Damn near any kind of sale. So Plus, another question. Sure. Are you going to partake in Black Friday uh, shopping this year? Uh, you know what? I love it. Uh, I wish there was a Black Friday in the middle of the year. So then we could get those. Uh, so there's not the pressure of getting Christmas gifts because there's so much stuff I can get for work <laughs> on Black Friday. And I know... You know, it helps with my Christmas list, but at the same time, 
Uh, I wish there was a Black Friday in the middle of the year for everybody going to work and, hey, 50% off or whatever, all work gear or just anything in general. I, I wish that was two times a year. So but, they didn't do it last year. Not many stores did it last year. Like the outlets did it. But is it a super spreader? I don't know. You got football games going on. You got uh, airlines. Isn't uh, an airplane a super spreader, so to speak? You're getting in a metal tube and you're going to another location and everybody is dispersing from that metal tube. And then they get back in another metal tube and they come back home. Isn't that uh, kind of weird? This whole COVID thing has been a little bit sketchy for me. You know, if there's a super outbreak and it's just deadly as all hell, shut down the borders, limit travel, at least till, at least to get an end date, you know? But that's just me. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? Cigarchingon at gmail.com. But yeah, I don't know. If they do have Black Friday, I may, I may go, but, uh, what is it? Cyber Friday or Tuesday? Oh, Cyber Monday. There you go. I never find anything on that. I think Amazon became the new Black Friday, if anything. Um, and for your more upscale stuff, you go directly to their websites. You know what? Uh, reminiscing. I remember Black Friday as a kid. We, we weren't that fortunate at times. Mm-hmm. And Black Friday was very depressing. It was when the other people went shopping. I remember that because uh, we didn't have enough money to go to Black Friday and splurge. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, as a kid growing up during that time, I didn't have an understanding of how economics worked. Christmas was a great time, but at the same time, it was like, okay, it's Christmas. Damn it. I got to buy gifts now. I got to, you know, do I... How do I budget this? How do I do that? You know, and seeing the struggles that came along with Christmas, you know, Black Friday was just not in the cards some years. And when we were really broke, it became about, well, this is about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was back when Kmart had layaway and a blue light, an actual blue light. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Back when they had a, a cafeteria on the inside. But uh but yeah, for those fortunate enough to go shopping, uh, whether it be cyber or whatever, you know, just be careful out there. Uh, wear a mask if you so choose so, whatever your state says. That's another thing too. 50 states, 50 different opinions. Uh, it should all be standard, but should it's political. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is, but it's been great having you on the show. I really appreciate you stopping by. Um, you got to come back. Oh yeah. Anytime. So everybody, thank you for listening. Truly appreciate you stopping by. Everybody have a great day. You can get a hold of us at cigarchingon at gmail.com or go to our page on Facebook at, um, whew, almost forgot toilet talk with cigarchingon also on Twitter and Instagram. So come visit us, stop by, say hi, and look for those questions on Facebook. And uh, till next time, everybody take care. Peace. Bye. What's up, nation? Cigar Chingon. Toilet talk.